Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 96. I am your host, Greg Troxell, and we are coming in hot on the international break. Back-to-back wins over West Ham and Burnmouth. And to help me talk through the surprising yet glorious moment, I have with you the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Man, and I just want to say this real quick. Uh, one... Shout out to Toon Army Denver and and that whole squad. Um, went to Denver this past weekend and got a chance to hang out with them. And they're just the nicest people. So Josh, Adam, uh, Matt, Zach, the whole crew, David, everyone who's out there who's listening. Great guys and people, women, everyone who's there. Everyone was great. And I thoroughly enjoyed myself. So shout out to them. And shout out to Greg. Because if you listened to our last episode... Greg Troxell predicted this win um, because of the sole reason that Newcastle are like the most informed team before international breaks. And that has rung true again. It's it's absurd. Like when you think about it, it is absurd and it makes sense. And it's only Newcastle. And don't expect them to play well, you know, in these next couple matches because, hey, we got our two wins in a row. And that's, that's all we need. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't wait. For March, when we have our next international break, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> Securing safety, then that's what will happen. Oh, Greg, <laughs> yeah, I forgot to tell people to follow me on Twitter. You should tell do them that. Man. This is at that Elijah time. underscore Newsom. Yeah, did do it. At Elijah underscore Newsom, best damn Twitter account. Um, not run by Greg and me. So, uh, well, there you go. Oh, okay. You you threw the end in there to, yeah. Get rid. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, you can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg, and you can follow this wonderful podcast account at CHN underscore radio. And if you're listening to this episode right now, it's probably for, I mean, in, depending on where you are in the world, but I'm assuming it's just an incredible Tuesday so far for you, or Wednesday or Thursday. But um, you might also be listening for one particular reason, and that's to see if you want a hat. And mm. I will let you know that you will find out the winner in this podcast um, oh. towards the end of the podcast when we're doing your questions. So stay tuned for that. Or skip to the end. Don't, the don't. Well, that, see, that'd be so unfortunate because we are dropping some hot fire for you in this, in this yeah, podcast. Yeah, so don't do that. Yeah, that would actually. be terrible. That would be a terrible Just, decision. We'll edit that out. <laughs> we won't. We don't edit out things. We're just honest. We're just honest with you. And speaking of honesty, Newcastle United beat Burnmouth. Oh. Elijah, just how was it? Celebrate. And, and another thing, shout out to you, because every time you've been mm. in Denver, Newcastle United has won. Well, you know, I didn't tweet it. Actually, I did tweet it. and so It doesn't matter yeah, if you tweet it. That's, that's facts. It is facts. It's true. Um. Some people are asking for me to move to Denver. Hey, I'll consider it. Um, 
it's snowing today didn't really help your case because that does not you know, help I, at all. <laughs> yeah, I I do not like falling in the snow. And trust me, you know what's worse than falling in the snow, Greg? Uh, doing it, falling in the snow naked. Okay, well, this is not as bad as that because that sounds awful. <laughs> no, but like falling, falling like going down a trail, like like a it's like a steep and steep decline. It's icy everywhere, and you fall, and you just bust your ass, and you just have to slide down. Like it's just embarrassing, you know. And so Denver, I'll I'll never forgive you for that. Um, but I will consider moving there if it means Newcastle um, will continue to win. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. It's something that you must consider. Um, okay, so we're gonna dive into some news, then we're gonna get into your Burnmouth recap. We got a lot of news stories. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to do questions slash announce the winner of a lovely hat. Um, and then we'll obviously be making that announcement on Twitter as well. But let's get into the news. Elijah, do you want some tacos? Uh, I love tacos. Yes. Um, I do. How little appealing things. would it be to have a black and white taco? Oh. Probably not. Yeah, actually, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless, like, the black and white means, like, those, like, you know, because those, Charred. like, blue uh, tortilla chips are, like, almost black. If that was, like, the shell Ooh, and then you had, okay. like, queso. Oh. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Mm. You could talk me into that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, let's talk into this because on The Athletic, mm. on Monday, they released that these Mexicans are serious bitters. From Newcastle United. That just sounds so wrong. It, it does. It Even though it's wrong not. Because of the connotation the word Mexicans is in the United States. But it is yeah. the correct way to describe someone from Mexico. They are Mexican. <laughs> yes. Just like blacks is like technically the correct way to refer to a group of black Americans. <laughs> um, so the it, it I'll, I'll read you a transcript from The Athletic. Uh, I definitely recommend you going to subscribe and getting this contact content yourself but yeah um, it's 35 dollars right now yeah definitely for do the it. year so um, definitely worth it yeah and, and it's just it's stuff that you will not get elsewhere if you know what i'm saying oh it's so um cool. so this is this is a the trans this is what i thought was the most important part of it um it's a little bit lengthy but i think it's it's going to be valuable and then after this after i read it elijah uh will open up the floor to you for comment um, oh, okay. Thank you. So this column reported in October that Newcastle United owner Mike Ashley had met in London with two Mexican businessmen interested in buying the Magpies. Though it was unclear if they were the same suitors, the Orlegi group linked with a move for the club earlier in the year. We can confirm that it was indeed Orlegi that Ashley sat down with. And despite the athletic being told at the time that these talks came to nothing, Sources have now indicated that Mexicans remain very much in contention and have even expressed confidence over their chances. Newcastle supporters might be forgiven for thinking they have been here before and considering two previous approaches by Orlegi are said to have fizzed, fizzled out after Ashley apparently moved the goalposts when the proposals were set for legal inspection. Skepticism is understandable, but sources insist that they are serious bidders to the extent that the offer is thought to be in the hands of their man of their mergers and acquisitions department for fine-tuning. Led by Alejandro Irigori and director of football Jose Riestra, Orlegi are also known to have made contact with some prominent football names for information 
and advice on the St. James's Park outfit. Bristol Palace were among the clubs they considered before focusing on Newcastle. And then we must say that local outlets have reported that there has no bid been made by them. <laughs> so just completely to the contrary. So that that's it. Uh, I'll open up the floor with your comment, Elijah. Um, There's a couple things. For, thing number one, Newcastle fans, listen, This is it's time to get serious. Every single time we have someone linked to Newcastle, Newcastle fans find a way to do something that's like incredibly offensive or pretty rude or something like that for jokes and stuff on Twitter. With Stavely, it was like very cringe at the the amount of of weird messages about just like her appearance and stuff, which has nothing to do with her purchasing the club. Um, with the Sheik, there was a lot of people making fake Sheik accounts and just putting turbans on their profile pictures and just you know not the not the greatest. So hey, let's not Photoshop sombreros onto all of our players or sombreros onto our own. Uh, profile pictures on Twitter or sombreros on magpies. It may seem funny, but it's pretty messed up. Hold on, let me. That just being said, picture real quick. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I already deleted mine. I I exited out of the Photoshop file with the sombrero. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, um, I, I'm sure that's going to happen. And I've already seen uh people with the gifs and sombreros, and it's it's going to be a thing. The Are we all going to start here? typing out tweets in Google Translate Mex- uh, Spanish? Oh gosh! But that's the thing. It, it, it yeah, I've, <laughs> it, it's bound to happen. Like I, I don't even know what to say. Um, but here's the here's the, the two things that I took away from this athletic piece. The first is that um, that the the sources are 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 basically saying that Mike Ashley um, is the sole reason that this deal hasn't been done. Um, he's saying it's, it makes his claim that the Olegi group have kind of, they've met all the requirements in terms of like financially, they, they've agreed on a price and Mike Ashley is the one who's backed out last minute. Not surprising at all. The other thing is this is one of those situations where it doesn't make sense for them to be making this up as a publicity stunt because they already own other teams like it's it just doesn't make sense for them to not be serious and not be public about it but then again like greg always says if if the information is is public i mean it's hard to to really trust the validity of of a sale going through and to be fair they aren't claiming that they've made a sale or anything they're just claiming that they're in contention which could entirely be true but greg's point that he makes every single time there's a rumor Still holds true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still on the entire trend that if we've heard about it before it happens, then it's not going to happen. So that's still my stance. But um, that doesn't mean that I'm right. <laughs> it, this could yeah. very well be a thing, but uh, just I'm just going on history that every takeover yeah, rumor that's happened, nobody knew about it beforehand. And, and I'll say this uh, on that note, is that it's weird because, like, and we've talked about this so much on the pod, is that, like, in any normal, like, business transaction, things that make pl- that that make sense for, like, a normal businessman, what you said makes perfect sense. But then again, Mike Ashley has just proven time and time again that he's just not a normal businessman. He does stupid business decisions and stupid things all the time. So 
I mean, for all we know, all this stuff, a lot of this stuff could be serious. And the reason we're hearing about it is just because, like, that is how people, I guess that's the only way people think they can push this, this sale forward or, or make Ashley budges to call them out publicly. It's it's an interesting conundrum, to say the least. Yeah. Um, next thing that I want to go to is also an athletic piece done by the great oh. George Calkin. Um, George and Stevie Bruce took a nice little walk in the park. Brucey oh. and his dog. Um, and George said, if you had to rate yourself through the first 12 games of the season, well, what rating would you give yourself? And he said, a 6 out of 10, Steve Bruce said. Still have I still have work to do. So I wanted to ask you, Elijah, and ask, and I'll give a, a some, I guess, base points to follow on your rating scale. So yeah, I want you to rate Steve Bruce through twelve games, and I want you to to base your rating off of the expectation of what you thought Steve Bruce would do before before yeah. his first game in Newcastle. I want you to give a rating comparative to that expectation. Yeah, um, man, that's that's tough because I was very adamant on this this show about giving him a chance and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't, I I felt too too. I similar to Brian, who Brian and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but this we did see eye to eye on. I thought it was going to be really tough to like just really be bad with a team as with with the quality we have in Newcastle in terms of just personnel like solid back line decent midfield you just spent 80 mil on attack it's gonna to be tough to just like go down immediately um so i didn't think steve bruce was gonna be as bad as i guess other people did i didn't think he was gonna be great i certainly didn't think he was gonna i guess like you said you alluded on the last pod technically not break records but differ the trend of slow starts newcastle have had over the past couple of premier league seasons so i honestly given all of that Still, with my expect, like seeing his first match and then looking at what we just saw, I'd have to give him like a seven point nine out of ten. Yeah, I I would say an eight out of ten. So we're pretty much we're a decimal point away. Um, yeah, it's you. I like as much as I want to say like like I don't know it as much as I I see him and see his tactics and say this guy is not as good as Rafa Benitez. I can't argue with the cold hard facts that we're in 11th. All of the matches that we've won, we've looked like we've been the better team. We've deserved to win them. And I, you have to give Bruce credit, um, whether that be playing it safe and copying tactics or the last two matches actually exploiting something that um, that the other team's giving you. So shout out to Steve Bruce. Yeah, I, I don't think it could – this is – I don't think this could have gone much better, to be honest. Uh, like, the reason I, I'm at an eight instead of a ten because there was some very bad tactical decisions, especially oh, in the gosh. beginning. But yes, uh, that, that's the same, and there still are. Uh, and a let's lot of be, let's keep yeah. It but a lot of what ma- managers do is when they find something that doesn't work, they adjust and 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 make it better. And I feel like so far, for the most part, he's done a lot of that. And I think that's why I'm giving him such a high rating. Uh, and and before everyone overacts, this is based on my preseason perception of how the season would go. So, yeah, you got to give credit where credit's due. We always do that. I even did it for Isaac, Iose Perez. So here I am giving credit to Brucey. Oh, 
And if you are new to this podcast, this is your first episode, I just honestly listen to any preview podcast or any review podcast when we talk about the match, and you'll hear that Greg and I have not been... They, we haven't been kind to Steve Bruce. Like, I I think we, as a podcast, I think we have done, I'd say, the best job of giving him the benefit of the doubt in the beginning of the season and giving him, I know, five games. But we are very critical of the tactical decisions he's made, um, how he's addressed, how he's handled himself in the media amongst fans, um, his son, I mean, everything. And literally, like, it's you know it's bad when I there was a... a there was a stretch of like four or five preview podcasts where I literally asked, like my expectation for Newcastle was just to have tactics. So don't don't take what you just heard and say, oh, these guys are are Bruce like sucking off Steve Bruce. And that's definitely not the case because yeah. we've had very low expectations for him. <laughs> so true. All right, next thing. Maddie Longs won Premier League goal of the month for October his goal against Manchester United. Really cool tribute to him. Uh, just funny thing, they posted an interview of him on Newcastle's website. Uh, he, he still doesn't know how to do interviews. It's hilarious. He, like, it, it literally is the same thing as, like, if, like, you or I suited up for our favorite football teams. Like, you suited up for the Falcons and were interviewed after having an amazing game. Like, we would just have no idea what to say because we'd just be so excited. Like, they asked him, they're like, how did you find out that you won Man of the Match for, for the entire Premier League? And he was like, oh, my mom ran into my room. She was so excited. I was just like, what? Like, I don't know, just like, and he's like, super, like barely getting words out. And he's like, smile, cheesing the whole time. And it's like. Wait. Yeah, he lives with his parents. <laughs> but, I mean, I get it. But that begs the question. Two questions. Does Sean live with them? I don't think so, but okay. I, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not 100 sure on that. Why would he not live with Sean? <laughs> well, why? I mean, if you're 22 years old, do you want to live with your younger brother? Yes. No. I'd rather live with my younger brother than like I don't know. I I I don't know. I don't have a brother, so you have a brother. Yeah. I have a sister, so it, I think it's it's definitely different. But <laughs> I don't know. So then, speaking of, uh, we're getting. Well, we didn't really speak of it, but we're getting on the border of money. And that's the next thing we want to talk about is the Longstaff contract talk. So you, you'll notice, I think it was the Shield that reported that Newcastle told Sean Longstaff that you got to wait and prove yourself before you get a new contract. No, that's wrong. It's completely a joke that they even wrote that and shame on that. Um, so what what's happening is it, what, what it looks like is in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a contract signed with Matty Longstaff. What's happening for Sean is that his reps are saying that he should be one of the highest paid players on the team, which he has a case for. And that's what Newcastle's like, uh, hold up. Like, you got to really kick some butt this season and prove you're one of the best players on the team, and then we'll give you that signing. They're not going to let Sean Longstaff go, <laughs> let his contract expire, and make no money off of him. Come on, guys. Yeah. Like, Come why on. would anybody... This Newcastle The United. fact that they're even... That was even reported is an absolute joke. Um, people should be held accountable for that crap. So, Sean Longstaff will be signed by Newcastle. They're just working out the terms of how much he's going to be signed for. That's, that's yeah. reading through the lines there. 
to, and to be fair, when I mean, I guess really until these past couple matches, they've had a really solid point with Longstaff because like he beat he's he was beating out the top choice midfielder, the the guy that you pay who's the highest paid player in the team, John Joe Shelby, for months as the as the starting midfielder. So it's like they had a point, but Shelby's uh He's put together a nice little string of matches. Oh, nice old shelver. Old yeah. shelver over there. Oh, old shelver. Um, next thing, let's get into some Lonian and Youth Report news. Oh. Uh, I'll just skim through some of it so uh, you can check out our website, comminghomenewcastle.com. Uh, I had Youth Team Report. Nothing really exciting to report outside of your must-watches. And that is your must-watch for me, Oisin, it's Oisin McKenty, Joe White, Elliot Anderson, and 16-year-old Dylan Stevenson, who, by the way, made a U23 appearance uh, in the month of October. And he's scoring at will for the U18s. So I've been, mm-hmm. I've been even from the first month of the season, those have been my they, – they've been in every – so on the U18s, if you go in that section, you'll see, like, players that I like, the players to look out for. Since the first month of the season, I've said Joe White, Elliot Anderson, Dylan Stevenson. They've made my list for the U18s every time. Now all three of those guys are playing for the U23s. And one of them, Elliot Anderson, just got a pro contract. Uh, So that's a huge deal. Elliot Anderson joined uh, Newcastle United's Academy at the age of eight. And he's from Scotland. Eight-year-old coming into the academy. And he's 18 and just got his first professional contract so pretty cool deal he's been performing very well uh so i'm excited to see what happens there um as far as the teams not good (laughs) they're (laughs) not doing well on either side we're we're second bottom of the table in both the u18s and the u23s bottom for both is mackums so at least we're ahead of them but yeah other than that there's not much else to report there uh, in the low knee side of things, do you, do you have any comments or anything that you want to say on the youth teams? Uh, yeah, shout out to Greg for being involved in watching the youth teams. <laughs> As, if bad. you've if you've listened to this podcast, it's actually a recent revelation that I, I that was you know introduced to me that you could actually watch like the U twenty threes. I just thought yep. that that you couldn't watch them, <laughs> and lo and behold, Greg Troxel he's been watching them. Yep. Yes, I have. They're not good. Um, For free. So also, um, we'll do some loan reports. We touched on this last podcast, but Rolando Aarons, I'm just talking about the month of October. I know he scored some goals, but that was in November. Um, So in October, he had two starts and two sub-appearances. Nothing really of note. Um, Didn't play a ton of minutes. Overall, he got subbed out in both of his starts. Dan Barlasar, he didn't really do too much either. Um, pretty average loan spell for, for him so far at Rotherham. Uh, Liam Gibson at Grimsby, Grimsby Town, he's a consistent starter for them. Uh, playing left back and center back, like pretty pretty calm on the ball. Like Seems like to be a good player, and Grimsby supporters seem to like him a lot. Nathan Harker is at Blythe. Uh, an absolute bust. He had an awful spell in August. He had one start and then was benched for the rest of September. And in October, he didn't appear for a single minute. 
in any game. He's goalkeeper for Blythe, so I think he's done. Um, Brian's favorite player, Akroth Lazar, for Casenza in Serie B. He did not play a single minute in the month of October. <laughs> so his uh, Lazar's last match that he played in was September 24th. So uh, Casenza are in 16th place in the table. So if they're not even putting Lazar in on the match, then uh, I doubt that's going to bode well. Jacob Murphy. Oh, oh, don't forget, Lazar, next season, Inter-Miami. Just letting you know. <laughs> Actually, sorry, Orlando Orlando, City. Orlando he'll, yeah. He'll be there. He'll be there. <laughs> Jacob Murphy at Sheffield. He played a total of 52 minutes in the month of October. Not a good sign there. Um, spoiler alert, though, uh, he scored a goal in November, so that's good for him. Uh, Elias Sorensen, that's kind of been the big talk. There was a, a whole interview done by Carlisle United's manager um, about the fact that he understands that Newcastle want Elias Sorensen to play, but he has to do what's best for his team. Elias did pick up an assist, but it was in the EFL Trophy, so same competition he would have been playing in with the U21s here. Um, but it's pretty sad situation because the manager knows that he needs to play more, but he's still he's refusing to play. So, not good. Um, then we'll talk about our, our last two things is our success story. So, Kellen Watts. He's good. He's good, y'all. It's been interesting because Stevenage, he's in Stevenage, League 2. They're not good. They're in 23rd place. There's 24 teams. And he, for the, his entire loan spell, he's been center back, left back, like playing along then. Well, in October, they've moved him up. So now he's playing as a center mid and left mid. So And, oh. and that's a good sign in this situation because they're doing so poor that they're taking their better players from the back line and just moving them into the midfield to see if something can happen. So um, apparently Kellen's doing really well in the midfield. So uh, keep it up, bruh. And that brings me to the other news. He was also signed for a prof- uh, professional contract with Newcastle United. So congrats to Kellen. It's fully deserved. He's absolutely killing it in League 2. I expect next year he'd get a shot in League 1 for sure. And then the last bit, Freddie Woodman, Swansea, dominating. He is He's clearly the best goalkeeper in the championship. It's not close. He's saving penalties. He's getting clean sheets. And every single person in the city of Swansea wants him signed permanently. Um, if you search his name on Twitter, there's like a ton of people saying that Freddie should be England's number one already. So it's like everybody's on board. Everybody's on the bus for Freddie, uh, except for one person, and that's Brian. That's it. But – uh, nobody cares what he thinks because he's wrong. He's absolutely like his. He's played in 14 matches this season. His goals per match, goals given up per match, is 0.92. He's still averaging giving up less than a goal a match, and they're over a quarter, or over a third through the season. It's insane. Yeah, he could be England's number one, but according to Brian Nelson, he'll never be Premier League qualified. <laughs> yeah, just like. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just, the rule number one of being associated with this 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 channel, this site, this whole, everything, that our, everything we're doing at, at Coming Home Newcastle is that, like, if you have a bad take, you're just never going to hear the end of it from <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. And, like, we do it with each other, we do, it's, it's, it's not just Brian, it's just Brian has so many bad takes <laughs> that, like, we have to call him out on it. Yeah. It's sad, like, ugh, you hate to see it. All right, and one last quick thing I'll go over. 
the international updates for you. Um, so you can check out our website. We'll be providing updates as soon as they play. Um, Kieran Clark for Ireland got called up. Miguel Almiron for Par- Paraguay. DeAndre Yedlin for USA. Martin Dubravka for Slovakia. Maddie Longstaff for the England U-20s. Oisin McKenty for the Ireland U-19s. And Joe White for the England U-18s. So um, Emil Kraft was not selected. Uh, Fabian Cher was not selected, probably most likely because of his knee injury. And uh, Ghana did not select Atsu. So, no Paul Dummin either. Nope, no dummy. So, um, that is it on that end. Elijah, let's get over to the BS meter. Yeah, so um, I don't know if anyone's, if you've been living underneath a rock and just haven't been following the, uh, the Premier League. Uh, there's been a bit of drama over in Arsenal um, with Granit Xhaka um, and his dedication to the club, and he was stripped of his captaincy, and it looks like he's he's had a falling out with the fans, the manager, the, the team. It's just been a messy situation. And uh, there's there were talks, after he was officially stripped of his captaincy last week, um, there were talks that uh, he was going to be available this summer, and that Newcastle would be a team that was interested in him. And so, uh, Greg, BS meter. We've got a, a midfielder, Granite Shaka, obviously a uh, quality, quality player. Newcastle United, potentially interested in him. What do you think? Um, so I think that uh, – my first question is, do you think it's really random that like obviously, there's been a lot of drama in in the media about Shaka, but do you do you find it very random that everyone's just like, oh yeah, Newcastle? Like, is that I, just like out of nowhere to you? I'm, I'm just genuinely asking. <laughs> I I think it's because, like, you think of his play style and you think of a team that plays like that, and it's Newcastle. Like, we're I still think that like. Because he's a very physical player. I mean, uh, fouls a lot, that kind of stuff. I wouldn't say dirty. I, I don't think I would say dirty. I would just say like a physically imposing player, uh, kind of like an enforcer. And like that's kind of the identity that's associated with Newcastle. Um, there's Everyone always shares that famous clip from, uh, I think that was last season, uh, Newcastle versus Leicester, where there was just like six challenges in a row, like two-footed tackles and just... The whole nine yards, the whole shebang. So I guess that's why that it's been a hot name. But I mean, I don't know. I just it doesn't really seem like anyone else needs another midfielder. And I don't think that Newcastle. I don't know what would make people think Newcastle need another midfielder. I mean, I guess because we lost one and we've got suspensions. But I, I don't know. It it is a little odd, but I I kind of understand where it's coming from. Yeah, I I'm gonna say that there's a lot of BS to the story just because I think it's just so out of nowhere random. Um, but we do need a midfielder like him. <laughs> so at the same time, no, yeah, no, he, I'm like, I mean, hmm. he'd be great. <laughs> hmm, I, it's one of those, I'd, it's, it, I'd love for it to happen. Um, hey, maybe that's that's a potential signing for the Newcastle career mode. Who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, what One thing <laughs> with it, like having him, is would be so big for Miguel Amaran and 
Gucci Max. Oh yeah, because he's played with guys with that talent, like that have that pace. Uh, that he's definitely played with better finishers too. But um, are you saying a Bumiang's a better finisher than Miguel Almiron? <laughs> Hot take. Um, but like I think he he could be a huge part into them actually like getting goals. And yeah, Gucci Max had an assist, which we'll talk about, but. Um, Yes, it was. He definitely meant that too. Um, also, on the Granite Shaka thing, uh, I did see uh, there was a one account. I'm going to keep them anonymous to just because it was such a bad take that said, and this was this was last week, mind you. They said uh, wouldn't want Granite Shaka in our side. He's a guy that is that's very physical and has a lot of silly challenges that result in a lot of silly fouls and cards. And we don't we like that a midfielder like that has no place in Newcastle, and just like immediately this 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 account was roasted because like that is literally Newcastle players in a nutshell of just silly fouls, stupid fouls, stupid yellow cards. They brought up the fact that Isaac Hayden just got back from suspension, and Sean Longstaff is on suspension, and pretty much like all of our midfielders are likely going to get. Suspended for yellow card acclimation, ac- accumulation at yeah. some point this season. So just like a silly take, I think this is a load of BS. I'd love for it to be for, for it to happen. If Granite Shaka sold in in the in the winter, I don't think it'll be to a Premier League team. I think he'll probably you know go back to the Bundesliga or go yeah. to Italy. I don't know. He'll he'll definitely be bought by a Champions League side because he's got the talent. It's just. I don't know an attitude thing, a fit thing for him at Arsenal. Yeah, I'm w- I'm with you. Uh, that was not a good take. So, all right, let's uh, let's go to Burnmouth. Let's talk about fun things. I mean, we've been talking about fun, fun things the whole time, but let's let's recap a fun game. Oh, let's do it right after this break. All right, two. To one. We did it. Just like I said, actually. <laughs> Not how I said it once again, but I got the score line right. Yeah, again, two two matches. Oh, no, no, no. You've gotten... Well, I got the goal tally right yeah, two yeah, matches yeah, yeah. in a row. So. You've gotten the amount of goals Newcastle will score two matches, for sure. Yes. Um, it's a big win. Back-to-back wins for Newcastle. Um, we're going to just dive right into it. We're going to do your, your three words. Um, thank you for everyone that posted these three words. But um, as always, the three words brilliantly describe what happened in the match, and uh, I love it. So we'll start with Tom Bernard at T Bernard uh, said, "Finishing coach needed." Toon Army Denver at Mile High Magpies says, "Cabbage topped cherries." That's T- good. Yeah. Toon Army Chico. It at Toon underscore Army underscore Chico. Scrappy, determined, nervy. Smick Ultra. <laughs> I almost said the, I almost said the, his display name, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm boycotting it. Uh, he said, Brucey's actually good. Oh, he, he went back on the shite comments. Okay. Uh, Toon, Ar- Toon Army Portland are, are Jif King. Sent a Jif. And it says fist pump, bro. Jeff can at Jeff can four defender score again. 
Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12. Brucey's still shite. <laughs> Brian Gardner at Brian Gardner 10. That DeAndre header. Jose Figueroa at Jose underscore in underscore LA. The Newcastle Way. And Steve Bruce at. <laughs> Steve Bruce, what up, man? <laughs> Steve Bruce at S underscore Bruce 2019. Three effing points. He's pumped about his team's winning. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, that sums it up. Uh, let's, let's get into the starting lineups and let's do this thing. Huh? Yes. So was there anything from the starting lineups that kind of caught you by surprise? Um, honestly, no. I mean, Newcastle rolled out with the, the same thing, same old, yeah. same old. Which is um, what we were I, saying, I right? think, yeah, exactly. You know, what we predicted, I think, in terms of bench, Newcastle, I thought we're going to be a little bit more ambitious and naming, you know, maybe Lejeune or something to the bench. But, hey, making sure, you know, I'm, I'm all for them waiting until the break's over to do that. So I wasn't, you know, upset. Um, and then, as we both said, Lewis Cook came in to the side uh, for Bournemouth, or Bournemouth. We still are not sure how to say that. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> so on their end, Nothing too surprising as well. A team full of guys with generic-sounding white guy names. Yep. Guaranteed. Um, so, immediately from the start, Newcastle, St. Gucci Max started to on the show. But it was the first chance went to Burnmouth uh, on a counterattack. And then some. it was like kind of back and forth. And then pretty quickly, like immediately, it's starting into the match. It was the goal. Burnmouth started up one nothing. It was the when was it? Was it the like thirteenth minute, fourteenth minute? There it is. Um, and it was it was Harry Wilson with the goal, uh, and it was super easy. It, it was like we were so like lackadaisical in defending. It was a it was a long ball, um, like over the top, which like King chased down, and then Callum Wilson had a header that deflect like deflected over. But, like, that was a great chance. And then they get the corner, and it was a short corner to Wilson. Or, sorry, no, it was a short... I can, actually don't remember who the short... It was it was King. It was Josh King who played... It was played... Sorry, I'm doing a really bad job of describing this goal. So, Ryan Fraser did a short corner to Josh King. And then he directed it, the ball into Harry Wilson, who was completely untracked in the middle of the penalty box. Like nobody was near him. And he just like one touch timed it right into like right inside the post. It was like, it was so like lazy by Newcastle. One, nothing Burmouth. Elijah, what's your thought on that set piece? And sorry for my crappy way of describing it. It's okay. (laughs) I mean, I don't describe things well at all. Um, I, one of the weird things to me was when (laughs) they took the short corner, it seemed like there was like two or three Newcastle players that ran towards uh, the short corner area which kind of left the box a little bit exposed, which is signaled a bit of a miscommunication, which is what I assumed to happen. But that goal was not indicative of who was the better team because it just seemed like Newcastle had their stuff together up until that point. And it looked like that, you know, at a minimum, this could be a 0-0 draw at the end of the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Like, so, so right, well, I'll just move on. So, right after this, LaSalle's got hurt. And 
like Burnmouth was still looking to be the better team and he goes down and we bring in Dummett and Dummett moved to the left and that put Clark into the center back role. Um, so I was like, oh man, we're, we're already not looking too good. Lascelles is down. Like just like players have had to change their, or at least Clark and Dummett had to change how they thought the game was going to go. And I just didn't think it was going to battle well. And then, the chances started coming pretty shortly after that. Um, like Gucci Max was like going all over the pitch. He was amazing once again. Sh- him, him and Shelby were working out great as a team. And Shelby cut a ball into the area that Jolinton nodded down to Almiron, who was unmarked. And he, 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 yeah. But then, like right after that chance, like Berman just sat back. They were like, "All right, you got to try to score on us." And that just like released the speed demons of Newcastle United. So it was like we had like at one point we had over 80% possession and I was like, what? Like what is happening? So this was just a, it was a really unique half, like us going down a goal and then just absolutely dominating the match. Usually we don't have teams change their game plan against us um, even after a goal. So this was really unique. And then we had our chance. We had, we had a double chance so it was a Steve Cook error and Gucci Max breakthrough one-on-one. He, I thought this is it. It had to be. Yeah. And he rifles the shot off the crossbar. And I was, and I was like afterwards, I was like, my hands were on my head. I was like, how did that ball not go in? And like, he could have done so many different things. Cause it's just him and the goalie full pace. He could have rainbow kicked it over his head. I bet you he can do that. He could have just tapped it to the side of him. He could have curled it. But he went for the power shot up high. And I was like, man, I, I think that would have been probably my last option if I just needed a goal. I would have done everything that, like, just how – what's the best chance to score and let me do that. But he went with the – like, he wanted the power goal and it didn't work out for him. And then, right after that, the ball came out to Willems and he hit a low shot and Ramsdale pushed it wide. And right after that, we got the American goal, Elijah. It was Almiron who started it up. He dinked across toward the back post. And Gucci Max kind of cut inside from the left and hit a ball into the area. And Yedlin was like a NASCAR driver. Like he was so fast. And he got ups too, y'all. He almost like it looked like if you just watch it on the replay a couple times. He's like his head is like almost at the crossbar when he heads this thing. (laughs) And he just... Power heads it in, like full diving header. He was onside, one nothing Newcastle. Or sorry, one one draw at that point. Elijah, what's your thoughts? Um, first thing is one, what a cross from uh, Saint Gucci Max. Yeah, totally was supposed to be a cross. Um, and uh, Yedlin does something that actually the Toon Army Denver folks pointed out to me, which. Um, happened a couple couple times during the match. Um, is that Newcastle strikers? This is one thing that I have to credit Jose Perez for doing when he was here. Something that Rondon did as well is that like when someone shoots, you flood the box, like crash the box for any rebounds. And Ramsdale, his like saves were not confident by any means. Um, and there were plenty of opportunities for Newcastle. There's at least two or three chances beforehand where he made a somewhat weaker save. And if there was a Newcastle player at least even pressuring the defender, that turns into a corner or that's another chance or that's something that 
um, or, or it's a goal. Like, it, it just simple as that. And so um, Yedlin did the thing that Newcastle attackers should have been doing, which is he crashed the box just hoping that there was a chance. And, um, I mean, it's kind of funny how onside he was, but people thought he was offside because, like, the back line of Bournemouth just fell asleep. That whole entire side didn't even see him. Um, and credit him for speed or credit him for being sneaky, but it was beautifully worked. And, I mean, that's what happens when you, you crash the box because essentially he turned what was a deflection shot from St. Maxman into a goal. Yeah. Yeah, we got to halftime. We were clearly the better team looking a lot better. Um, we conceded a soft goal, but then we just powered our way back into it. And St. Gucci Max and the Paraguayan protractor, like no one on Bournemouth had a, had a shot at stopping them. They were just on a different level. Nobody can contain them. Nobody on that team could contain them. And that was, that was just amazing to watch. Like, and they're two different players with a couple very similar traits. Obviously they're bad at finishing, but they are both so fast and very few people can pick that up. So McGomron's very smart and very calculated when he makes his runs and when he's defending pretty much all the time. Uh, Amron's very calculated and St. Maximin, which is like almost the opposite where he's just like, oh, yes, like absolutely rambunctious ball handling specimen. And like, but they're both deployed. Bruce has found a way. Remember the beginning of the year. And part of the reasons he's not a 10 on my scale and he's eight, beginning of the year they weren't playing on the on the pitch at the same time and like you needed to find a way to work we preach this over and over again and it's working um i can't stress enough how how exciting it is for the fan base too and how difficult it is for anyone to try to defend that yeah it's interesting i think that if you were to if you combined say maxman and, and Almiron, you have like I wouldn't say Raheem Sterling type player because you would still have terrible finishing, but like <laughs> just some of the things that like Miggy does defensively, it's just like what you you just don't expect a winger to have that defensive awareness. Like the amount of interceptions he had the, pa- the pa- these past couple matches where he's in, he's read out passes and he's tried to start things on the break and sometimes that the the ball isn't there that that he plays or you know he'll take a heavy touch. But he makes the interception nonetheless, and it's like you don't really see Saint Gucci Max doing that. I mean, most of the time when he gets the ball, it's like as an outlet. He's not really tracking back and reading passes. But like on that same note, he has insane dribbling runs because he's so uncalculated. It's just fun to watch them play, and ugh, yeah, it it's 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 nice having an attack. Yep. Second half started. It was extremely boring, um, and then it happened. Jetro Willems with a cross. And you were right, by the way, Elijah, because you were saying, like, penalty kick takers, and he's a great free kick taker as well. You even mentioned that in his intro pod. Uh, he is taking a lot of free kicks for us. Uh, but yeah. Willems, the Dutch destroyer, he sent a cross on the left-hand side um, that Federico Fernandez headed. And we will say on on – well, I guess, will you agree with me on this, Elijah? Federico Fernandez scored that goal. Well, I don't know. I have to check it with VAR. <laughs> um, but Clark got credit for it. So Fernandez headed the ball towards the goal, which was just inside the post, and Clark went in to like absolutely just destroy this ball, but he missed. And like I've seen the replay a bunch of times, and the ball 
like you, you're I'm watching like the ball's trajectory and it's spinning and it does not change at all. It still keeps rolling and it doesn't change direction. I don't think he touched it at all. And either way, whoever got the goal, they would be joint with John Joe Shelby for leading goal scorer for Newcastle United. So in the books, Kieran Clark is tied with John Joe Shelby for the most goals this season in the Premier League for Newcastle. But Federico Fernandez, I think, is the one that actually got the goal. Your thoughts on that play? I, <laughs> you kind of summed it up completely. I thought it was funny. I'm just happy that we've got the goal. And, I mean, it's still just hilarious how we're just getting uh, all these goals from our defense. And I think it's interesting because I think, like, it's a, it's a, I'd say it's a good problem to have because most of these goals are coming off of, like, set pieces yeah. and things like that. It's not like our center backs are, are you know, creating these from open play. It sands, you know, every now and then Fabian Cher dribbling up and just having a crack. These are all coming from, like, set pieces or corners or stuff like It's not like we're relying on our center backs to score. It's just that for the first time in a while, Newcastle actually look like a they're, – they're actually kind of dangerous in set piece situations, and they're actually using their height and the size – that the size advantage they have over a lot of teams from Premier League to their actual advantage. So uh, it, it's, it's a good problem to have, and it's one of those things where it's like you can, you can hope that – your attacking players, you know, find their finishing boost because you know the ability there is is there, the quality's there for them to really start tearing it up. But you can't really ask, you can't like really hope that your center backs are going to be able to convert set piece goals or they're going to be able to have finishing, they're going to be able to finish well or they're going to be able to, to score or have the tactical awareness to crash the box. Like things that like you don't expect, you know, defenders to do or center backs to do or even fullbacks to do. And it's like Newcastle have defenders that do that, and they do it well, and it's not an issue. It's like the rest will sort itself out. This is stuff you can't really teach on on the training ground. Yeah. Um, Well, the goals that we're scoring, I feel like you can teach on the training ground, and a couple of the goals have been because of that. Yes. But I'm just saying the the finishing ability. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and that second yeah, goal, like, you, you could not you teach in the training crowd. Yeah, like yeah. it was a very fluky goal. <laughs> yeah, but no, you you have a point, and the way and so you think of like how how are we scoring all these set piece goals? And one of the things that's different from this year and years past, and I'm going a long time back, is we've never had the attacking players that can give us these free kick and set piece opportunities that we've gotten this year. We've got a lot of, of, of opportunities, free kicks, corners, and it's because of these attacking players that we have, the speed on each side. And so, like, it's completely given us a new opportunity. Now imagine a world where we're still getting these opportunities and our, our defenders are still converting them and our top three start scoring. It, this becomes an extremely dangerous team saying guys but in our yeah. luck the defenders will stop scoring in set pieces and then like the top three will start scoring and we'll just never get them both at the same time but anyway but we'll be winning matches yeah yeah exactly um so after this newcastle did not let up um about 10 minutes after the second goal shelby had who's 
been trying he was trying a long ball at Tid Jolinton like all game. It was awesome. And he he got it. He he got a ball in behind the defense and Jolinton uh got it one oh one. Ramsdale came out to challenge him and he tried to lob it over, but Ramsdale got a hand on it and I was like, Oh my gosh, we're never going none of these guys are gonna score. And then uh it just it just kept happening. Almiron shot towards goal like a million times, couldn't get it in. And then the chance that I think we should all talk about. <laughs> Shelby once again, pings the ball in behind the defense. Gucci Max rushes over, gets it, advances to the goal, tries to round Ramsdale. He saves it. Ball pops out. And I can just see this, like, play some slow motion music to this. Slow it on down. Almiron's running up to the ball. The net's wide open. He connects. And it hits St. Max. <laughs> and it deflects just, out. It, the annoying thing is that it was the right call. Like, you just power low and hard into the back of the net. It was, like, in the position where neither defender could get to it. And just so happened that St. Max was just right there. It's... And they just like laugh at each other, and it's like that's a good sign that they're not frustrated. And I mean, well, I, I think the know. laughter was, was because of frustration. <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's hilarious. I I just like it. I was at that point. I think I think the past two games have really taken the pressure off them both because it's more like people feel sorry for them rather than like questioning their ability. I think it's really hard to question whether or not Miguel Ron's a Premier League uh, quality player after these last couple matches. Same with, I mean, obviously St. Gucci Max, I think since he made his debut, people have been saying he's an amazing player. But it, it's it's now just, that was the the official peak of like, damn. Damn. Like, these yeah. guys just will never score. Like, it's just the soccer <laughs> gods don't want it to happen. Like, there's just no way it will happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty, pretty brutal. Um, really, after that, there was no clear chances by either side. It was six minutes of added time, but they were able to see it out. They came from behind to win a game, which is something that needs to be said a little bit more. Like, that's not something that we do a lot of, and we did that. Um, struggled in the very beginning, but as soon as the goal happened, the team opened up. I feel like maybe they just felt less pressure, and they just went after it, and they just beat Bermuth down until they got the lead, and then they kept it. So... Um, if you went to the casino and you placed a bet that Newcastle would win and Yedlin and Clark would be the goal scorers, congrats, because you are now rich. Um, but Elijah, three more points. Yeah, and I think the the cool thing to see here is, yet again, I have to pat Steve Bruce on the back. Um, he saw a weakness um, and like in the team that he was playing, and he exploited it. Bournemouth, yeah. they could not handle balls over the top. And Newcastle just, like, and Greg alluded to it, Shelby, especially after the second goal, they were just pinging. It wasn't just Shelby. I mean, it was Clark was doing it. Fernandez. Fernandez was doing it. Like, everyone was pinging balls over the top, and it was working. Like, it was it was kind of insane uh, just, like, how I, I was honestly shocked that there was no adjustment made by Bournemouth at all, like, to, to address this because – pretty much nearly all of Newcastle's chances in the second half were just a result of like 
oh, all right, we've got the ball, we've won the ball back, boom, immediately looking upfield, trying to ping the ball over the top to Miggy or St. Maxman or Joel Linton, and shout out to Joel Linton, just his holdup play this match was great, I mean, sometimes he didn't have the support that he needed, but like, those long balls that were that were being sent to him, like he was able to control them, hold off defenders, and, and wait for, you know, a run or whatever uh, to come and pick the ball up from him. So, yeah, just I have to give Steve Bruce credit because he found the flaw in the team and attacked it. Now, I don't think he'll be able to do that against Man City, um, but against games you should be competing in, that that's a good sign. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of old Stevie Bruce, he said... The team showed a great spirit after the first 20 minutes when Bournemouth caused a lot of problems. But after that, we had to dig in and we created enough chances to win with a much healthier margin. We needed a break and got one at the right time. There was too big a gap between the back three and midfielders, always on the counterattack. We looked, even in the first half, when we weren't getting it all our own way, like we had a threat. We had 20 attempts in target, which is quite different. When we scored, it lifted the whole crowd. Then the longer the game went on, we just needed to take more chances. Some of the chances we had, I've never known in two games, one-on-one chances we've had like that. And to not have taken any, it's quite remarkable. It, it is crazy how many one-on-one chances we've not scored. Um, we've got magnificent support. Results are the only one thing that can help you. The popularity prizes, I'm not really bothered about. I've seen my team give a gritty, determined performance and with 20 shots, it was a very good game for us. Um, yeah, it's just... 20 shots, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and this is what he said on St. Gucci Max. He said, with Allen, you can't coach him. He just has that natural talent. What he has to work on is how to define a simple pass occasionally. That comes with experience. When you have what he has got, you just want to be able to finish. That is what we have to work on and what we will work on. Some of his play... His dribbling ability. I said when I'd first seen him that he will get people off of their feet. I think that's a great point because that's something we talked about in our preview of Alan St. Maxman is that he he was known to not pass the ball a lot and to sometimes over dribble. And we are seeing that not as bad as I thought it would be, but it is interesting that Bruce brought that up because I didn't really notice it as a big issue this match. Um, there was moments, but I think everyone has their moments. I think there was, a, there was moments from everyone. I think there were some times, you know, Yedlin should have played in Almiron or vice versa, et cetera, et cetera. But that is an interesting thing Bruce brought up. Yeah. Um, some stats for you. This uh, we mentioned in the preview, but the win gave Newcastle United the highest point total in the Premier League through 12 games since 2014 under Alan Pardew. Um it, we scored more than once in a game at St. James's Park for the first time um, this season. And it was our first come-from-behind win since March of last year. Do you remember the game? Um, Ayose Perez Day. Everton. Yep. <laughs> um, we've only won two matches at home, but outside of our first match of the season, Newcastle hasn't lost, so it's five straight unbeaten at home. So, St. James, the fortress. The yeah. fortress of I mean meanwhile, this is like lowest home attendance we've seen in years. Best Newcastle home form we've seen in years. And here's another stat. 
Our last November loss was in 2017. Wow. We've won five straight matches in November. That's crazy. <laughs> yes. That's good. That's a good stat to know for next year when we do our uh, our season-long preview pod. I'll just pick us to win or draw every match in November. <laughs> well, uh, we still have another November match. So. I think it's one Aston Villa. More. Yeah, Villa. I think the next one's in December after that, right? I think, yeah. Maybe. I'm yeah, it look like one it's Man City, I think, and I think it's in December. Okay. Uh, but yes, I have some stats. Oh, oh, wait, no. Man City is Saturday, November 30th. <laughs> oh. So that will be the test right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's Two your stats? Win. All right, so uh, first one. Um, in his managerial career in England, Newcastle boss Steve Bruce has coached in this will have been 915 competitions. That was his first ever time coaching against Bournemouth, and that's the 87th different team he's faced. Whoa, good yeah. one. Thank you, thank you. And here's another one. This one's a fun one. This is going to test Greg's uh, U.S. men's national team uh, prowess, I guess, as we enter another international break where Triple G will cause havoc amongst fans. Um, if you've been over underneath a rock um, and didn't know this, Kristen oh, yeah. Pulisic also scored this past weekend on the same day, of course, as DeAndre Yedlin. Um, and this was the first time in a while. Some were saying first time ever, but that just like simply is not true. First time in a while that uh, two Americans scored in Premier League on the same match day. When was the last time that happened, Greg? Um. Okay, so can I like give you some players and see if I yes. So was is one of the players Clint Dempsey? Yes. Okay. All right. So so that means somebody also scored on the same day as Clint Dempsey is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So it's not Tim Howard. <laughs> is his name Brian? No. Uh... It's one that is just like uh you're it's going to be a weird it's like going to be one. No. No, he didn't play in the prem, did he? He didn't. Okay. It's not Gucci, is it? Gucci. It is? No, who's Gucci? Like, oh, no, oh, Gucci no, 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 not, no, no. I'm no, trying to no. think of like players around that time. I'm that... telling you, dude, it's going to be a player you're just going to be like, you forgot that he played in the Premier League. Oh, Lin- is it Landon? Donovan? No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll give you the year. Give all right, yeah. I was going to say, give me a hint, but that works. Uh, 2012. March of 2012. What the heck? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Clint Dempsey scored for Fulham against Norwich. And Eric Lehach. Lehach. I can't say his name. But Eric Lehach. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's his only goal. Yeah. Aston Villa against Chelsea. Oh. Here's a fun one too. Um, that one just makes makes you appreciate the careers of these two individuals, um, and just like the longevity of one of them, uh, who just retired. Demarcus Beasley and Carlos Bocanegra are the only two, like the only duo that's done it twice on the same day, and in the sense of like they've scored on the same day 
two times like over the course of uh, different years. I- I'll I'll just say the stat. Um, so Demarcus Beasley and Bocanegra both scored against each other in 07 um, <laughs> when Demarcus was playing for Man City against Fulham and Bocanegra was playing for Fulham. And then the year before, um, Demarcus Beasley scored against West Ham playing for Man City and Bocanegra scored for Fulham playing against Chelsea. So that's uh, some- something something to think about, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. That guy, Eric, and Tim Howard have the same amount of goals in the Premier League. Wild. So, yeah. <laughs> it's that, that when I saw that, I was like, there's just that. I didn't, I honestly didn't know he had scored in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I had no idea. <laughs> That's a good stat, though. Thank you. Thanks for that nugget. Uh, going to 538, they predict how the Premier League is going to go. They also said that Newcastle had the best percentage chance to win in the match and they were correct about that so where do they have us at the end of the season um and then right after this we'll get into the premier league table so they have newcastle avoiding relegation and finishing in 15th place with 42 points uh that's where they have us they have brighton above us with 44 and crystal palace with 46 and then below us they have west ham villa and then getting relegated is Watford, Southampton, and Norwich. So, going to the Premier League table, and it's interesting. It's very interesting. Newcastle sit in 13th at the end of the 12th match day with 15 points. So, if they just got two more points, they would be in fifth place in Europa League spot. Two points from a Europa League place, Newcastle United. And that's when Mike Ashley will sell. Because that's when the club has reached peak value. He's got to get the deal done that week. Yeah, if we beat Aston Villa and results go our way, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible that we could be in the top eight. Wild. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's possible that we could be in fifth if results go our way. I, actually. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, depending. Yeah. If we somehow make up our minus seven goal difference, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, we score not we beat Villa ten nothing. Of the there's there's four teams with fifteen points, and so we could be in tenth, but we decided to lose by five goals to Leicester, so we're in thirteenth instead. <laughs> so there we are. Not our fault that Isaac Hayden there's there's an agenda against him <laughs> yeah. in the Premier League. <laughs> so, um, who is your best player, Elijah? Wow, this one actually was kind of tough, but it, it's a—I don't know if it's controversial, but I think that there has to be something said about the play of Karen Clark and Federico Fernandez. Mm. I'm going to give it to him like as a dual man of the okay. match because I think they were both so great defensively, and then also. In terms of like transitioning from the defense to offense, I think they both did a good job of uh, playing balls over the top uh, for one, and then two, uh, finding the open man in the midfield in order to make that transition. Sometimes it'd be Amir dropping back in. Sometimes it was DeAndre Yedlin who is who's finding his way and finding the space in the midfield. But they they made the right call the majority of the time, and they made some key blocks. Uh, Fernandez had some key tackles. Uh, Kieran Clark actually shortly after he was moved to that center back role had a goal line clearance 
Um, so it, so there's they they just played well, and I think it, they you know they deserve a shout, especially since they both were guys who were not starting at the beginning of the season, were not expected to start, but they found themselves in starting positions, and it's going to be hard to kind of justify taking them out of the starting lineup um, in in the near future, for now at least. Yeah. Wow. All right, um, my best player, and it's funny because I like I've noticed that I've barely spoken about him in the last three matches, but he is my best player in now three consecutive matches, and my best player is Jetro Willems. Oh, he's just like he is that that player that is so like you don't notice how much of an impact he's making. Um. I don't know. It's just, it's pretty awesome to, to just see him kind of just control his side of yeah. of the, of the field and just like make plays. I don't know. It's just, it's pretty awesome. I don't, I don't think we're. I I see it on Twitter that people are appreciating him, but because of everything else going on and like the flash of our attackers and our center back scoring, that Jetro is not getting the praise that he deserves because. He had three shots. Two of them easily could have been goals. Oh, and he almost <laughs> replicated the goal he scored. Yeah, this is the this is the second match in a row he's actually had the opportunity to do that, yeah. and it's like been saved or something. Like that little spot in that left hand side of the box. Like he just if it's in that little area, oh, it's it's ov for him. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, just also additionally. DeAndre Yedlin had himself a good game as well, all for Greg to misuse him in the national team or something like that. I don't know, but uh, he had a he had a good match. And I think um, this this match, one thing I did notice was that it seems like Miguel and Yedlin have got it figured out um, in terms of like when one of them's going to press forward, the other one kind of drops back. And, and helps defensively. Um, yeah. And I think that that was – it was very much evident in this match because Yedlin was just, like, very involved in the attack. Um, and, and Miguel made some very good defensive stops and interceptions, um, won the ball back for us a couple times. He even had that uh, – I think – I forgot. I think it was Joel Linton who went down with some sort of, like, cramp or rib injury. And then, like, the – like uh, – <laughs> Burmuth refused to, like, kick the ball out, so Miggy, like, tackled the guy, fouled the guy, and then started, like, screaming at him, and then, like, <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of the bigger guys had to come in and, and help Miggy out, but things like that, him getting back and tracking back and defending, um, that that's good to see, and the, the cohesion between them, it's like Pistons, honestly, watching them um, work back and forth, and on the other side, it seems like there's a good partnership between uh, Jetro and St. Maxman, like, Jetro's staying out wide, allowing St. Maxman to give him all the space inside to do whatever he needs to do. And that's been cool to see as well. So not yeah. only the attack is, is starting to gel, but that the fullbacks working with the wingers, that's, that's huge too. Yeah. All right, Elijah, we're going to move on to answer your questions and we will also be picking the winner of our giveaway. And we're going to do that right after this. All right, and to your questions, we have three of them. Oh. The first one from Toon Army Denver at Mile High Magpies. He asks, any other clubs come to mind regarding defense outscoring strikers 
or is NUFC just an anonymous? Anonym, oh my gosh, anonymous? I can't say it's that okay. word. I guess. Um, if so, were these clubs successful, and how did they cope? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Um, I have something here. So, I, I don't, I can't recall a club. <laughs> no, no surprise, to any Newcastle supporter that I can't yeah. recall a club anywhere like this. <laughs> the only the thing that comes to mind is like Keegan's entertainers, but that that wasn't defenders outscoring strikers. That was essentially, I mean. Bar- Warren Barton was on the squad, but like everybody's priority was to score goals. <laughs> like, didn't matter where you were on the pitch. Like, Keegan wanted you to move forward and score. But it's not uncommon to have defenders that score a lot of goals. And the Dutch pretty much invented this. Um, you think of, like the sweeper position, which is like fullbacks, things like you know, Ronald Kerman, Frank De Boer. You might know Elijah. Mm-hmm. Like yes. some of the highest scoring defenders of all time. If you want to do another highest score defender, Steve Bruce scored over 100 goals in his career as a, as a sweeper. Um, so, like, and he's one of, I think Steve Bruce, I'm pretty sure it still holds, is top 10 in the world in goals scored for a defender. Not even joking. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, he was incredible at Manchester United, Steve Bruce. Um, so, like, I, I can think I can immediately identify players like obviously there's players on Real Madrid, great defenders, but they're all like wingbacks, um, fullbacks, sweepers. Um, there, I know there's like a a center back. I just can't remember their name. That's like actually like a prolific goal scorer in history. He's South American. I cannot remember his name, but. I can't think of teams where, like, like the entire team has more defender scoring than attackers. I just, like, I don't yeah. think it exists. <laughs> I, I would say this, though. If you're talking about teams in terms of, like, Newcastle looking better set-piece-wise this season as a whole, whether or not they're scoring them or creating them, Burnmouth actually is a perfect example of this. Last season, um, they were up there. Uh, they they might have led the league in uh, free like scoring for free kicks and corners oh. as well, just in general, which is part of their their rise into that upper mid table side last season. And then like in terms of just like kind of especially with the West Ham match, very reminiscent of England's World Cup run of just like England scored a ton of set piece goals and they they it seemed like they put it they it wasn't seem they put a premium on set piece tactics and it seems like that is something Steve Bruce is doing. Not that Rafa didn't do it, but it seems like there's a wider variety of, of set piece options, whether it be um the amount of set piece takers that we that we're using um and utilizing. Uh like Greg mentioned earlier, we're seeing Jetro Willems getting involved. Um, there's times where it's John Joe stepping over, standing over the ball, Sean Long stuff. It's it's different guys for different situations. Where I feel as if under Rafa, there he had you know a couple guys, Max, you know Richie on one side, maybe Shelby on the other side if he's playing. But most of the time, it was Matt Richie taking set pieces, and a lot of the times it was him skying crosses. So um, I think there's a there's a bit more of a premium put on set pieces now. 
And that's something that we saw from Bournemouth last year. Liverpool does this as well. Um, and uh, England did it. That being said, they had their strikers scoring the goals most of the time. But still, set pieces, something they, they stressed. Yeah. So I, I just and found this works. quick article for you. Uh, it's called Eight Defenders with More Goals than Sergio Ramos. And this list is amazing. So number eight is Roberto Carlos, 113 goals. Uh, number seven is Paul Brettner, 113 goals, played for Germany a while ago. Number six, Steve Bruce. <laughs> oh. Steve Bruce scored 19 goals in a season in 1990. <laughs> I love it. This is insane it. to think about. Um Graham Alexander, there's the center back. Or no, no, Graham Alexander was right back. Um, number five, Laurent Blanc is center back. He had scored 153 goals. And he's Montpellier's all-time leading scorer as a center back. Um, Fernando Hierro was also a center back for Spain. Uh, the guy I was thinking about, Daniel Passarella, 175 mm. goals uh, as a center back. He... Said if it, if it says here if Leon, uh, if Messi and Maradona didn't exist, Passarella would be Argentina's greatest ever player. Um, he was five foot. He was a five foot eight center back. <laughs> scored 175 goals. And then number one is Ronald Ronald Koeman, the only defender to score over 200, and he has 253. Um, yeah, he scored 26 goals in the season. Yeah, so definitely players that have done it. Uh, but that that was a good uh, recall to memory there about Bournemouth. Awesome. Next one is Will Watson at Batman's Milkman. Mm-hmm. Does ASM understand that ASM is St. Coochie Max uh, for those that don't know? And if you don't know who St. Coochie Max is, then can't help you. Does ASM understand that the defenders he embarrasses as he glides past them have friends and families who have to be seen in public on a daily basis? And usually, after their failures to stop him, have been shown on the night before, on the match of the day. Does he know that? I think he does now. I mean, it's just this whole weekend. Shout out to Saint Gucci Max. I think. <laughs> I, I think mean, these, there, these people have families, Elijah. I, I he knows because people keep tweeting at him, <laughs> and he keeps retweeting it. <laughs> He's like replying to it and stuff like that. Children um, watch this game. Yeah, and they they learning they're learning, and we need more local children learning the tactical, <laughs> yes, uh, the, te- yes, the technical yes, yes. stuff that uh that Saint Gucci Max is displaying, so that we can bolster this academy and make it great again. Um, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, if you um, if you if you grow up in the states, you you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but you have that kid that you kind of grew up with was a really good football player, like American football player, went to college, like played well college didn't make it to the pros so now he just does summer camps all the time in your town Um, everybody knows who i'm talking about um and And it 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 spans across multiple sports basketball it could be any yeah it it doesn't matter the sport yeah and um yeah the amount of times i've seen aaron murray's qb camp i can't tell you (laughs) (laughs) um so like that's what gucci max needs to do but like except he's obviously good but he just needs to be that that guy yeah. for, for us right now in Newcastle. Um, so great yeah. question by Will. And that, that brings up a good point. And I've seen this on Twitter. It seems like, and obviously there's recency bias, but it's kind of funny. Like I, I don't like Newcastle fans 
have talked so I've never seen a front like a set of attackers, and I mean I I Joel Linton not as much, but definitely Saint Maxman and Almiron who like just get just heaps of praise from Newcastle fans. Like the fans love these guys, and I I honestly cannot remember the last time there's been like two players playing together at the same time that like I guess a part of that uh, the same unit that like people love. To that degree, like I, I can't think of a, a of a, of a time. Like someone wrote a like, like it wasn't even a meme. It's like a, a maybe a graphic that was like a open letter to Saint Maxman that was like, hey, just so you know that like we support you and we're we're hoping that you you score and blah. It's like it's getting it's kind of comical how how much Newcastle fans love these two guys. So I, shout out! I to love him. it. I mean, I love it too. It makes me laugh. All right, last question from the official questionnaire of CHN Radio, Trevor Mooney, at Trevor Mooney 12. He says, other than John Joe, who could grow the best beard on the team throughout No Shave November? That's so mean, other than John Joe. <laughs> That's so mean. Um, Man, this times like this, you wish Hoffsalu was still on the team. Oh my lord! Who he is tearing it up in La Liga right now. People were talking about Mikel Marino, but uh, Haslu killing the game. Have he, has he played Real Madrid? I, hope, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think well, not yet. I'll, I don't think so. I'll check on that. Yeah, um, we, we, we need, have, to, we need know. to have a watch party if he hasn't. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, Twitch stream. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's. I honestly, man, it's really tough to go against. Fabian Cher because yeah. one he already has the beard and he Thanks. already looks really good with it and two like he's one he's like he's like Keanu Reeves or, or Tom Cruise where it's like any look they have it just works it like it doesn't matter like Tom Cruise could come in with like a 1980s porn star mustache and it would still look good and yeah. same with Fabian Cher and so he can literally do whatever he wants, and it's going to look great. So I'm going to go with him. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a, like a legit power power selection right there. Yeah. Um, if I had to think of any of player that would grow out the best beard in No Shave November, um, I'm going to go with. This is actually harder than I expected. Yeah, um, but because there's so many like just clean shaven guys. On it. Oh, speaking of just this, I want to say quick like, aside. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh the Toon Army Denver lads noticed this. Jetro Willems has copied me for his his facial hair, so uh, he'll <laughs> expect a cease and desist, Jetro. Uh, <laughs> the Dutch destroyer will have yes. something to say to you. Um, so. Because there's something there. Oh, never mind. I know the answer. Okay. It's Andy Carroll. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's a, yeah. It's Andy Carroll. He would absolutely just have like a powerful look because he has the he has the long hair anyway. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he didn't have a ponytail. Like if he just leaves it down and just doesn't shave for a month. That's that's my number nine right there. Well, here's here's <laughs> another one that I don't think people are considering. But would probably look good with a full beard because we've seen it and it works. Rob Elliott, Robbie, yeah. Like if he Could let be. that thing I, actually I, grow, 
he could be like a very menacing, like almost Icelandic looking type yeah. player. Yeah. And I feel like, um, yeah, I, goalies with beards would be just swell. Oh, yeah. Um, one last thing before we get to our winner and, and close up. Uh, since we're on this, I am actually raising money for November. Oh. Uh, for men's cancer. My, my dad's currently battling cancer. He's, he's doing well. But uh, I'm, November is a foundation to help raise money for men's health, men's mental health. Suicide prevention is really big right now for men's health. And then also um, men's cancer. So I'm going to be posting this on my Twitter tomorrow. No obligation do you have to donate, but you will see my baby clean-shaven face, and I will be posting updates of me growing my luxurious lip sweater for this month. Um, wow. I so, cannot wait for those updates. Trust so me. stay tuned for that. Gosh. Um, <laughs> all That's right. That's going to be just such great material for memes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Greg, I support everything you do, but just oh, know that you, I'm... If it goes online, then... You're it's fair consent. game. So, <laughs> all right. So, let's let's do this, Elijah. Yes. Uh, we did this on the break, so I'm going to leave it to you. Who is the winner of our Newcastle United and UFC hat CHN Radio Extraordinaire titles, titles, titles giveaway? And you know, to draw this out a little bit, Greg, <laughs> we need to let the people know this was a fair process. We'll be posting the screenshot of this selection uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah, because yeah. we used an app, and we didn't we didn't like go in and handpick this ourselves because ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> um, but I guess I should maybe announce the winner. Um, yes. And this person is celebrating yet another win this season. Great couple mm-hmm. years for this individual. District of Champions, Smick Ultra, <laughs> congrats! Has won another title. Yeah. The first ever giveaway for uh, CHN Radio. Yeah, it was. I, I was I was upset to see the winnings. I didn't want to see him win, and the gloating would just be too much for me to yes. handle. But he won fair and square. He did. We'll retweet the picture of proof that it was a completely random selection, and he still won. Damn it! <laughs> but no, seriously, congrats. Um, we're hoping to do a lot more of this stuff. So. Please giving five star reviews because the next one's gonna even be bigger. Yeah, it won't be a hat. Yeah, it won't. <laughs> oh, and I, I see that we've got some big news concerning uh Hosselu before we wrap things up. Greg, do you do you have an update on Hosselu? Yeah. Um he is going to be having a home match, so not not the ideal one because we need Not to the see return. him play at Real Madrid, but <laughs> they, they are playing Real Madrid on November 30th. Oh, um, the return fixture, the prime time, that's on May 10th. So we Which, got... hey, already booking now. Yeah. If Hasselu scores in that match. Oh, my God. No, Greg, hear me out. If Hasselu scores in that match, Newcastle are beating Manchester City. Okay. Same day. I mean, it's oh, just okay. that that's how that's how it works. I don't make the if, rules. If they if he scores at Real Madrid, will you get a Hasselu tattoo? If he scores at Real Madrid, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Let's go. I can't wait for May 10th. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else, Elijah? Um, no, I I'm excited for this international break cuz 
All right, I said this before every other international break, but this time we're serious. We're going to have some dope stuff for you. <laughs> Trust us. It's already yeah. being put into action. So don't don't uh don't be surprised when you see some some new episodes appear in your little feeds. Oh yeah. Oh yes. You shall see. Mm. All right. Well, that concludes episode 96 of CHN Radio. I'm your host Greg Troxel. That's the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this is the beautiful song, Coming Home Newcastle. I bid you farewell, and away the last. Mm. Never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we? I'm coming home. The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitting how we I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog in St. James's Park at the Gallagher's end in the rain.